Dr. Yunin. He's a single, never married guy, cardiac surgeon from New Jersey. Dr. Yunin was the perfect target because he's wealthy, he's successful, and basically looking for love with money to spend. He was set up on a date with Karina. Yes, Samantha had texted him using my picture. She'd be using pictures of some of these younger women just to lure them in. And we would kind of coach the girl to say, okay, your name is such and such, you guys met here, and you work here, so we have a storyline for every girl. So it's no different than an actress reading a script. So what did she text you? Hi, remember me, I'm Karina. I'm studying to become a nurse and I really am looking for a nice guy and I would love to go out to dinner with you. And we ended up going on a date. And everything just transpired from there. Hello everybody and welcome to Real Talk Extra, formerly known as Remote Talkatives Podcast, but now we are back with a new show that basically addresses the topical aspects of movies. The same things we've been doing before, but we are just going to take it a step further, emphasizing on the true stories and bring a little bit of difference to it. My name is MC Adam. Hello, Monyeka. We are actually back today to talk about a new story as we watch these movies we stumble into these stories we try to extract the strange from the ordinary i want to start with a quote and um, one of the main quotes i want to start with is when we say the whole world is a strip club you have people tossing money and others are doing the dance you know when we talk about a strip club or strippers per se there's this general um, notion that um, they are all, um, you know, prostitutes. But the movie we want to talk about today gleans into that and basically will bring a little bit of light and, you know, follow the drama of a baby of girls who actually found themselves in a situation and actually navigated that situation in a kind of way that may actually stun a lot of us who actually came across it. I don't know how this movie robbed you, actually. It may have robbed me in a different way than it did <laughs> rob you, but uh, why is, what's the big deal about this movie? What was um, fun about the movie is, you know, the subject matter. In most of the movies, most of the mainstream media music videos now, there are a lot of scenes that depict, you know, a certain act that most people commonly know now as stripping. You know, you see women dancing, scantily clad, and for most people, what, they, what comes to mind is that this person is a stripper or, you know, an exotic dancer. You know, so the movie touched on the subject matter and showcased a true story that happened at a certain time and it just brought out certain things to light. And for me, it was, it was interesting to see things from another perspective. It was a feel-good movie for me. You know, not something I'll say, oh, it's, it's like one of those great movies you must watch, but, you know, it, it brought out some things that were interesting and has some pertinent things for people that, you know, have a nightlife and go out at night and as we, as we go along, you'll see some other things. So the thing here for me is that we all see different things when we watch movies. Like what one yeah. person may see, another person may see it differently. And mm-hmm. like one of the things I know we commonly, we, we both try to do is we try to see, oh, what's the story here? Why did some filmmaker or some scriptwriter bother to write some script and then they got cameras and paid actors, I mean, they are paying Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu and all these people to make this film. It means they are trying to tell, say something. And that's one of the things me, I feel that is the, it's like the whole um, big deal here. This movie, first of all, introduces us to a nightclub or a strip club. And um, a strip club, basically, first of all, there's this premonition, you know, where we have this thing about, you say um, somebody's a stripper, but the person is a stripper, then you have people who they call exotic dancers, and then you have the other ones, they say they dance, is it burlesque, or they dance, and I, I don't know, what's the basic, you know what the difference really is in all these things? Yeah, the difference, the, 
the real difference comes when you um, bring in burlesque and exotic dancers. Well, the, the truth about this, uh, exotic dancers is just a fancy way for saying stripper. They actually are the same thing. But, you know, as prostitution stopped being called prostitution because it had a stigma to it, and now it's called sex work, you know, Everything really? connected to it is called sex work. You know, from the actors in porn industry to the people that actually you can call up for sexual favors and all those things. All the legal parts of sex work that normally used to be called prostitution is now called sex work. So as things are becoming more, should I say, standardized and more streamlined, what people normally used to call strippers are what people call exotic dancers. People that basically dance in a way to sexually arouse you but sometimes in the form of performing that dance, they might have to take off some items of clothing and maybe rub up against you and all those things, like what they call the lap dance. That is an exotic dancer. But a burlex performer is a, anyone, can be male, can be female, that is dancing, yes, in almost a scantily clad clothes, but there's a lot of humor in it. Sometimes it's satirical, but usually it's a lot of humor, slapstick comedy, and they might be making fun of even a popular or theater act that already exists normally. In fact, sometimes there's no nudity at all. It's just that for a lot of them, because of the humor and because it's slapstick comedy, they might, you know, exaggerate things on their faces, paint their faces, you know, put very outrageous makeup on, wear clothes that, you know, and accentuate the curves and all those things. You know, if it's a guy, he might pad um, his genital area so it's look like he, he's really packing and all those sort of stuff but it's not really about arousing sexually but for the exotic dancer the exotic dancer goes out of the way to arouse you the primary function is to get you aroused so that's where you have people like belly dancers and stuff and sometimes because they have to arouse you they have to take off clothing okay um the issue here is that because i mean i'm thinking about our grandmothers now like because and I'm talking about our grandmothers <laughs> who just look at all these people and say, look, man, all of you, you're all prostitutes, as far as I know. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't care because, you see, so they give them this blank statement. And for me, what I really even want to understand is these so-called strippers, they have all these clients and all that that come to watch them. Are they sleeping with these mm -hmm. men? On the surface, on, the, on paper, legally, they're not. Stripping is legal work. Exotic dance is legal work. And depending on where you are, there are certain limits to what you can do. You know, you just strip it. That is legal. It's not a crime. But in some countries and in some areas, sex work or what people normally call as prostitution is illegal. Mm -hmm. Or, well, not necessarily legal or legal, just something that is frowned upon. So things that happen like that are usually done behind closed doors. Most strippers are not necessarily prostitutes. You can't sleep with them. If that happens... It might happen off the books. The same way, you know, you can go somewhere to try to get something and to get it done, you might have to, you know, bring out an extra bill, you know, maybe pay for a favor, you bribe someone to get things done. When a stripper sleeps with a client, it is usually in their own private time and those things aren't part of the normal establishment that the strip club runs. In a strip club, there's no touching allowed. You know, you can't wear, you can't touch the woman. In some places, you're not allowed to wear hats. Because I think it has, it can conceal certain things or maybe put cameras there. There are certain rules, you know, you can't take pictures, you can't do certain things because the person is not in what people normally refer to as a prostitute or, is, or the traditional understanding of a sex worker, which is someone who sleeps with someone for money. For money, yeah. A so, stripper is basically like a, a, a buffer. It's like an appetizer. This is what yeah. you eat before you actually eat. Yeah. So the thing here is that for me, if, if um, it, okay, like you said, it's an appetizer. I agreed. But okay, it, uh, it's a private business. <laughs> it's a private business that, uh, <laughs> that is not technically, but it, it leads to. So I, yeah, it can lead to. Light, in this particular light, I will agree with my grandmother's them. <laughs> that <laughs> it's all related so you you, you can yeah, so it's say, it's the same line it's you cannot just work, say oh i i am a i'm a stripper so I'm, i mean you're a prostitute you're a lesser you are less than me i'm better than you are you are all pr probably born this is my own understanding of um of it for our listeners who are li who's listening to this broadcast uh, the thing here is this this movie basically may not be a kind of movie that you may watch with your kids. I have to put it out there mm -hmm. because it, um, it contains 
Um, I mean, you, you probably have already heard us talk about some strip clubs and um, what a stripper is. But you see, there's a need to define these things because it actually gleans into the story itself. First of all, to understand why the hell was a movie made about this, we have to first of all understand the business model. My understanding of the business model to start with is the fact that, you know, they had different types of clubs in these environments, maybe, you know, in all them New York and most of those states that actually make them legal because there are some red states you don't find things like that from all these conservative states and you may find them, but maybe they may be in the, in the down low. But the mm-hmm. thing is that most of these clubs have these models where you can, you know, pay people to come there and dance for you. Then you had others who had this business model where they would come in and then when they dance and then, you know, people um, spray money on them, then they had this kind of sharing formula in the background where they would work it out with the club. And, and you know, so they had this underlying business model going on. And then this enters this character called Ramona. Ramona is like a hit in the... The, the strip club and she, you know, we have um, Destiny who's played by Constance Wu for anybody who has seen uh, Rich Crazy Asians or Crazy Rich Asians, you would know um, Constance Wu. It just brings in this story where we start from a strip club and then it tries to show you the life and, you know, how they entertain and, and then a friendship is built between Ramona, who is played by Jennifer Lopez and Destiny, who is played by Constance Wu. Business is going on, you know, fine. We see a friendship being built between um, Ramona and Destiny. And it appears that Destiny wants to learn the trade per se. Everything seems to be going on smoothly. But then, as we notice, their friendship is, um, is brewing. Business is going on fine. She teaches Destiny the whole tricks of the trade and she gets better we find out that these wall street guys are one of their main clients that come into the club and spend top dollar i mean it was documented that they had people who were spending like ten thousand dollars a night ten thousand dollars a night but there was something I was like, yeah, I mean, $10,000. We're talking about $10,000, you know. I was like, five people stimulus checks. You <laughs> <laughs> see, for me, I am thinking that, you see, okay, these guys come to this club. They are spending all this money. And these guys are known to be Wall Street guys. Now, for anybody that does any kind of business, you, of course, should be applying something they call at least the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20 rule. You should be paying attention to 20% of your customers that pay you more money than 80% of your customers that are not paying you any, they're just wasting your time just trying to be on your case and just keep you busy and you're not getting any money from them. So one of their key clients basically were these Wall Street guys that were bringing in money. Do you remember the category of the guys that... Um, that yeah, I do. Yeah, so she, they were, she they were the basically, categories. They were when, you know, when um, Destiny was... Destiny, um, the girl that played Destiny, Constance Wu, was having a tough time in, in the movie. And, you know, she was trying to make it. She was an Asian girl, but she wasn't getting any customers. And Ramona, who was played by J-Lo, was trying to explain to her that uh, you have everything that's... Is necessary to succeed in this business. You're a new face, you're young, you're Asian, you know, certain things that certain kind of men like seeing on, a, you know, on the place. And the way she was, you know, started showing, she decided to take her in under her wing because Ramona was experienced and she had been in the business for a while. She knew everybody. She knew all the tricks of the game. She brought her in to mentor her. And I explained to her that, you know, there are three types of guys in the business, you know, from the Wall Street guys. That the guys at the bottom, you know, they don't do any, you know, rough trading. They are straight arrows in, at work. They don't do any rough trading. They don't do anything wrong. They just come here. Generally they speaking, they see, don't have money. Yes, they, don't, they just want to see some skin, but they don't have so much money. But the little money they do have, you can get almost everything of them without even doing anything much. Yeah. You know, just shake a bit and without even taking your clothes over, the guy is giving you everything he has because he's so excited that he has the opportunity to even be with a woman that's not his wife. 
Mm. You know, then there are the guys in the middle, the guys that, you know, do some side deals in the office, so they make extra money. You know, they're a bit rough, they're a bit more assured, but they're still trying to make ends meet in Hollywood, in um, Wall Street, sorry. And so because of that, you know, sometimes they, they might have good addresses, but they're sharing apartments with other guys, you know, the co-sharing, you know, and all those things. When they come, they spend, they spend money, but they have the limits. But the real main targets of people like Ramona were the top guys, the CEOs, the CFOs, the investment bankers, you know, the people that got things done, that got things done, the guys that do hostile takeovers and stuff. Those guys came to the club through the back entrance. They didn't come through the front because they didn't want any paparazzi, no pictures. They didn't want any discussions in the newspapers and blogs. They came into the back entrance, went straight to the rooms that they didn't have any cameras, and they dropped average of ten to fifteen thousand dollars a night. So getting someone like that was always good. But the thing about those guys, they were assertive. They were sure of what they wanted. They were a bit rough around the edges. They required you to do a little more than you normally would have done if you were dancing for the people at the other in the other categories. But because they were spending top dollar. But once you figured them out and knew what they wanted and you could fulfill their fantasy you are guaranteed to go home with serious money. As in, yeah. I'm even considering stripping now. It- thinking about it. Because $10,000 a night. Nobody come will on, pay man. you. Who do, I need to, who do I need to shake for? They will spray you. They will spray, but spray me. Anyways, the thing is that, the, the thing here is that if you notice, one thing I noticed in this movie is that they are not dishing out figures. They are not telling you yeah. we are making both... The underlying feel you have is that they are making a, a ton of money. As in, I think at a particular part in this film, uh, was it um, Destiny's mentioned something about making more money than a surgeon or something like that? I did research. That I did crazy. research on this thing after watching the movie because yeah. I was I the life they were living. I was like, okay, because sometimes you see these things in movies and music videos. And that's some um, true. When you enter into the YouTube rabbit hole, when you are looking for things, sometimes, yeah, I found some stripper rappers. You know, women who strip, who have used the money from stripping to basically enter into the rap industry. Mm. And mm. one of the people that was that a very famous example is Cardi B. And I saw that some of them, the ones that are well known that you might see in some popular rap king videos, all those top rappers that have those sort of video vixens. Some of them are real strippers. Some so were you able to up, get a total like some amount of, of how to, much they some make? Some of them make over 200 grand a year. Wow. And you know that wow. money is not, is not taxable. It's, not. it's, it's in ones. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot of counting. But, but it's $200,000 What year. are you talking about? What so, talking? come on. I mean, that is, so, who makes that sort of money? You know, <laughs> if somebody drops, if you have one client, and talk about it, if you have a client that maybe like an investment banker that visits the club twice a month mm. and he spends 10 a night, yeah. that's $20,000. $20,000 times 12 is 240 huh. so Even if you, you do plus or minus and you have to pay off you know, the bouncer and everybody, you can go home with the hundred fifty thousand. I hope the way you are talking about no, this I'm movie, I hope you're not really. I hope you're not seriously considering stripping. <laughs> the way you are talking about this movie. <laughs> Who needs a law degree? Man? <laughs> Why do I need a law degree when I can strip? I mean, I, I, here we are reading all, all this book and having all this education. Go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go to the gym. I get my six pack on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magic anyway, Mike. The thing is that is the, <laughs> the, okay, so um, we're going to take a little break, and then when we come back, you see the movie now shifts into gear where it's not actually enters the main caucus of the story because one of the reasons I did mention earlier that you should not watch it with your children or anybody who is not of age is because it actually does show some naked bodies, and you know normally when you watch that kind of film, the thing that actually attracted us to this movie was the fact that oh, it was based on a true story but when you start watching it it seems you start seeing people stripping you ask yourself ah what is all this <laughs> but at the oh, end of i the- watch it because jello is in the movie <laughs> <laughs> and caribbean <laughs> yeah caribbean too yeah you know it's not usual you see jello like in a true story so the issue is that that's not basically the reason it was made so when we mm-hmm. come back from the break we will 
actually start getting into the main part of the story. And for those of you who have seen the movie Hustlers, I guess you have an idea. So I'm 16, turning 17. I started dancing. Around 24, I got engaged and I decided to leave the business. So I was in the business for quite some time. I decided to leave the business and give a chance on my relationship, have my daughter and, and you know, be normal. So when that failed, that's when I came back to the business at, in 2011. And that's when I noticed the business had changed and that's when things got crazy. In the movie, it's portrayed as the business had changed because of the stock market crash, because of all of the economic uh, problems this country was having, fewer customers, fewer high rollers, fewer ballers were coming into the club. Is that when things change truly or is that? Yeah, that's, that's when that's things fun. changed. So the, the business changed. Who first pitched you on the idea of, okay, well, there's an easier, easier way to make money here and it doesn't entail you being on stage? We've been talking about the movie Hustlers and basically we by now we know what these girls were doing and how they were surviving and Onyeka has done a very good job of describing you know um, how um, stream in fact you really went into that rabbit hole of research have you are you <laughs> it was, it was a fun rabbit hole to go into <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. anyway so the thing here is that they are doing business right they are doing business and September 29, 2008. And we have, in fact, I would just rather say enter the world or global financial crisis. Doing that with that music. So the thing here is, okay, here's the issue. The issue here is there's a global financial crisis. Every business comes to a point where you find that, man, things are not going the way it is going now. It could be caused by internal factors. Maybe you're not doing your uh, advertising very well or your people are quitting on you or some very intrinsic reason or whatever it is. Then you have these other problems that could come from external forces and the global financial crisis in 2008 was one that hit probably every known major business. I mean, if it could hit the big boys in Wall Street, the money could not trickle down. And those big boys that used to spend $10,000 a night, it's either they had two options. It's either they are cutting it down to $5,000 or $2,000 or... <laughs> In fact, I, I, I know I have to jump the gun, but I remember a scene that a guy was supposed to have given um, Destiny $300, and she found out that those were three $20 notes. <laughs> <laughs> so understand that money was not flowing. That's the first thing we have to understand. So now... The girls come into this crisis, men are not coming to the club, either men, even the ones that are coming to the club, they don't want to spend anymore. And these Wall Street guys are just, you know, business generally is tight. And then I think first of all, what they did was they, they I think um, something happened with Constance during that period, if you remember. Yeah, she... Yeah, she got she got pregnant just at the worst time possible. She got pregnant and she was in a relationship. She got pregnant and you know she was out of the business for a while. When the um, crisis ended, you know she tried her best to make sure that she could get back into a proper working job. You know, she had gotten her GED and things when she was stripping earlier when she was making money, but it wasn't enough. And her, her resume as a former exotic dancer wasn't really helping to open any doors. But anyway, she got pregnant. She had a kid. She tried to come back to stripping and it was quite difficult. You know, in, in most strip clubs, there's somebody they call um, a mom. And that mom is usually like the female manager that handles the girls directly. You know, the men, 
stay in the office and handle the books. That but is a constant. That, is that a constant based on your research? Is that a, a constant in the thing. whole business? Yeah, it's a constant. Yeah, it's it's a general thing. You might not see it, but it's generally most likely you need a woman that can deal with women. Because women have peculiar women issues that men we can't, you know, we can't mansplain about and we can't understand. So it's only women that can see through the if there's a bush if there's bullshit going on, it's only women that can see through it and you know cut to the chase. So there's usually a female manager of the strippers that's called a mom. You know, a work right. mom. Right. You know? So anyway, so she was asking the work mom, like, what's going on? How come things are tough? And she was like, the guys don't have any money anymore. The girls don't want to share their tips anymore. Everybody's just, you know, I mean, the woman, she had to bartend as well. Normally moms don't do bartending and all those things, but she was bartending and stuff. So she explained the whole breakdown in the financial ecosystem of the strip, strip industry. So... It was in one of these moments that she caught up with Ramona again and, you know, they hit it off again. First thing we have to understand is the global financial crisis hits all of them. Yep. Everybody had to get creative. Now, it bounces back to, you know, Ramona and um, Destiny meet up again. They meet after a couple of years and a lot of things have happened like you rightly explained. But it appears that she has been through a lot and Ramona feels, oh, why didn't you call me? I think I kind of admire the way the friendship was presented in this movie, which I think is an important element in the movie that we do not overlook because it also shows that, yes, they are doing whatever business they do, but they have some kind of friendship going on. Now, they are not lesbians or anything like that. They just had a genuine friendship and I think it was was kind of equal, although Ramona was trying to be the... She was in control, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Now, what this movie does, I think we have to mention that it was like, you know, it showed... It's one of these movies that people, you know, somebody actually tells the story, which is Destiny telling the reporter mm -hmm. who actually wrote this article for the um, New York magazine. I think that reporter's name was Jessica Pressler. So, so she wrote this article for you, and this movie shows how these conversations go back and forth. So if you were, uh, your experience of watching this film will show you just, you know, it takes it back and forth. But then we move into where they have to get creative about their business. And first of all, you know, they start trying to get the few men that come into the, the clubs to drink more to start with. But it appears that the drinking too, you had the nerdy guys who were very aware of themselves. They come to the club. They know how much they want to spend. They are not going to, they, if you offer them drinks, they'll say no. And then the ones you have, you know, the one you drank, they leave and then you are stuck with the bill. So this is where we move into the area where they start thinking about drugging these guys. Before we talk about this, I, for some strange reason, I want to talk about Bill Cosby, we know, went to jail for drugging somebody lost uh, many years ago and for, and, you know, sleeps there. And now if we go by this analogy that a woman, what you can take from a woman when you rape a woman is her privacy, her personality, you've taken her. Then you see a, a man basically is his money that is the target. But you see rape is one thing, robbery is another thing. So I think what really happened in this case was it leaned into robbery because I have seen arguments where somebody said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is rape. But what do you think? Well, when it comes to uh, rape is a very sensitive topic for especially for a lot of women out I there. Know. A lot of women have had so many, so many cases of, as in the amount of people that women that have been sexually assaulted or I am talking about rape within the terms, within the um, category of like date rape, where you put yeah, yeah. drug, uh, some drug yeah, I'm, I'm... into the woman's um, drink. Because mm -hmm. I think, I, do, I hope we didn't miss the part where we actually have to mention that the way these girls actually navigated their business, maybe we should say that first, is yeah. that they actually came up with some creative ways of drugging guys drinks when they were not looking and you know what happens is i think they started experimenting with what they call club drugs 
And there are a lot of club drugs out there. I mean, we know about Rohypnol and we know about all these um, GHB, GBL. And, um, but I think the one that they actually stuck with was um, ketamine and MDHD, which are like um, clubs. So they were putting yeah, so... it in these guys' drinks. That is basically why I actually started by saying that. And then when they did that, these guys <laughs> become happy, they forget, and then they basically take their card, max out their credit card, take their money. And some of these men lost money that even got them to be destitute. So I now was saying that based on the fact that, okay, I mean, these men gave up their money without consent. And like when you do that to a woman, she gives up her body without her consent but i i have the reason i mentioned is because i have seen arguments where somebody was trying to equate it i actually debated that that thing is it's called robbery <laughs> it's not i mean you didn't sleep with the man if you have slept with the man then it becomes rape then i was hit back with oh no this is semantics i'm not a lawyer so <laughs> what do you think yeah so i think uh, in this instance those girls were robbing the guys because they didn't you know, they didn't do anything sexual with the men because they were able to because those guys were drugged out. You know, it's just a pure robbery case. If they had slept with the men, but well, we all know without that. Without their consent. Without their consent. And that means they did also, not want to sleep with them. Yes, obviously. That means it was um, it's the same thing as, as rape. But just to expand on a point you, you mentioned earlier, where we were talking about the drug and the drugs they were taking. Yeah. The thing they came up with after they realized that, you know, because at the time they got somebody so messed up and, you know, they were quite afraid and upset. So Destiny comes up with a new cocktail of their own special drug. It was MDMA, which is uh, methamphetamine. Normally, that, that is called MDMA or what people call ecstasy. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What people call ecstasy or molly, you know, right. and ketamine. So 60% of the drug was ecstasy. And 40% of it was ketamine. They mm. said they made the ketamine to wipe out memories and the ecstasy was to make them happy. Right. So that drug was a perfect cocktail that, you know, got the men to be very happy to do things they didn't want to do, but also to forget about it when they've done it. You mean so what they actually is, literally they forget everything? Yeah. Not, they forget, they forget in the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the process <laughs> yeah, of when the drug takes effect, it's like it's it's sort of it's your memory then isn't recording anything. You're doing things at the moment, in the moment, in the present moment there. But everything you do at that moment is forgettable. Because there's another drug that's keeping you at a heightened state of you know joy and everything. So Most you could excess alcohol to, do the same thing. No, excess alcohol has different effects on people. It makes you sleep. It makes the people sleep. They yeah. just pass out, which is what was the problem. When they were trying right. to do it to just alcohol and other regular drugs, the guys usually end up blacking out or passing out or throwing up. But this perfect mix they made was something that got the men excited enough to follow the women to do what they wanted to do, but high enough that they will forget what they did at that moment. So, so they were actually, so they were actually, um, they would take these men's when they, you know, when they, when they drug these guys, these guys do all, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know if I've, I'm just trying to think about, I know that one of the things I can think about is that excess alcohol will do that. But you see the thing about drugs, basically it's a different kind of experience. I'm sure the issue here now is that they would take their credit cards they would buy stuff with it or max it out. And, you know, sometimes they would just get the person's social security number. These men were cognitive enough to give up social security numbers, pin numbers to their cards, whatever information. And sometimes we see these girls sitting in the car, in the car calling the, the credit card company and finding out exactly, you know, and one of the things you experience, like it's different in, 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 in America where, if you have your debit card, somebody can put it in a machine and the money, you take the money without you having to even enter PIN number. In some stores, you yeah. have to do it. But if you go to a place like the dentist and all of that, they can just put your card and to take the money. So, 
you know, in Nigeria, you have things like InterSwitch and all of that that can verify and send you text. And if you don't have any of those, so your credit card, you better keep it close to your body because if somebody <laughs> gets a hold of it or gets the detail, they can. And this is what these girls were actually doing. They were taking this money. They were, you know, taking these guys for what they had in, in, in reality. And now the issue, <clears throat> the issue now is that it was leaving some of these men destitute. Now, this cocktail that these girls experimented, well, you know, most of these guys too, these Wall Street guys, I mean, the depression came, they were already, some of them were already using <laughs> drugs. Yeah. So they were using drugs as a coping mechanism. In fact, there is a particular scene where they, 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 they give some men drugs and then they pass out. Now, one of the, the things I find is that this, this thing was a business model. It was a mm -hmm. coping mechanism for their type of business. And it appears that it was, not some, it was something that they said, if we don't do it, other people will do it. And we other will, people were doing it. Other people were already doing it. So it wasn't something that was hidden. So the thing now is that it was working perfectly. But I think one of the things that started to bring problems was when they started inviting other people into the They noticed other people were doing it, number one. Then they started thinking, oh, we cannot cater to all these guys. We have to get more people. Then second mistake was when they found out that um, other girls were taking these same guys into their clubs and they now changed the business model and said, oh, can we now? Oh, now they started doing it in these men's houses or in hotel rooms and in private. So it actually took them out of this. Because the thing is that, you see, there's this whole idea that, look, if you carry yourself to the lion, the lion's den, and the lion eats you, you are responsible for the lion eating you if you go there. Now, this is not legal, <laughs> but it's, a, it's just a, you know, it's just a technical law. Mm -hmm. If somebody ties your hand and puts you in the lion's den, because if you say, oh, I went to the strip club, as we see in the movie, and somebody stole my money, the police officer will not think you're serious. He said, look, who, who asked you to go to the strip club? <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> to the strip club, you understand? But now we find a situation whereby they now start doing it at, at um, home. And um, it actually changes the whole trajectory of these new modifications that they had made to their business. And then when we come back, we will actually see exactly how that played out so when i came back in 2011 after having my daughter i noticed that the business had changed and that dancing wasn't just dancing anymore girls were doing more things than before and i'm like whoa what more happened here like what they were doing, you know, sexual favors that it wasn't going on before when I was working. So it became dirty. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So then I said to myself, how can I still make the same amount of money that I was making before without having to do these dirty things? And some people have said to me, oh, why don't you just leave? But I was so used to that, the quick, fast money that I said, okay, I'm just going to make this for I'm just gonna make a certain amount for a year or two when I get back on my feet um, and then stop but it's addictive now we have been talking about the movie hustlers and um, we have seen where these girls actually they start drugging men and taking their money and actually in plain English ripping them off so to speak oh uh, as <laughs> in, in to pardon my French, they were robbing these niggas. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so they were robbing these gentlemen. <laughs> Don't be Cardi B on me. <laughs> so, okay. So they, they, speaking they, of Cardi B, speaking Cardi of B, Cardi B, those exact so words, actually. A video, a video came out um, on her, yeah. her in um, 20, you know, around 27th of March, 2019. Where she, you know, she said that, you know, I think that's where I got the phrase from. I used yeah. to rob these niggas, you know, because, you know, they tried to sleep with me. You know that her accent. You know, I had yeah. to rob these niggas because they tried to, you know, I just stuff. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. She's Latina, yeah. And she had to defend herself because everybody started equating her with Bill Cosby on social media. 
And so she came out and said on, on the BBC article, she was like, no, you know, there were poor choices at the time. She never claimed to be perfect. And, uh, you know, nothing was ever added to her. She had to make a living. That she's for part of a hip-hop culture where you can talk about where you come from, talk about the wrong things you had to do to get you where you are. So, yes, she's not glorified those things, but she's just putting it in her music and things because this is where she came from and this is what she had to do to survive. You know, so it actually happened, you know, in case people think that this is just a figment of our mention. You see that I am not the Live first the person. Cardi B said it. Cardi B said it, actually. I know. I mean, we all know that Cardi B said it. The <laughs> issue here is that she was actually being equated to Bill Cosby. That is what yeah. actually spawned out the earlier argument when people were saying that, you see, you're taking people's money. Because, you see, you see they are drugging people. A man, a man. And what doing things man to represents. them. Man, nobody really cares about your handsomeness as a man. Nobody, well, you're handsome for yourself. That's your business. <laughs> Do you understand? But the issue here is that... How much you got? If you have a large bank account, you know, mm. it seems to count more these days. It's always counting. Your, your six-pack that you're using to... You have, I mean, you understand? But a, a, a woman, basically, you know, her beauty, when you now go and force yourself on her and take the very essence of her beauty away from her by force unconsensual mm -hmm. you know with no consent and then a man now the very essence of the thing that makes him a man which is his money and whatever he got you now go and take it from him non-consensual <laughs> you understand these days, certain people tend to want to equate it. That is why you have people pop articles popping up and they are telling you about, oh, okay, um, it's the same thing that Bill Cosby did. But then the movie actually, you know, it moves into, after they basically, you know, start robbing these guys and everything, taking their money, taking them for everything they have. Some, I think there was this particular guy, I think they called in and found out he had as much as $50,000 in his bank account. And then they literally took him for everything. But then they moved, maxed him out. They maxed him out for the whole $50,000, which is like, even at some point, you will see where the cameras would move to um, um, Destiny's face. And, you know, I think she started getting to a point where she starts having a crisis of conscience. But then the whole business model starts to fall apart when they introduce these new girls and they start going to men's homes and giving them these drugs in their houses now we find a particular one that um they had this particular girl called mercedes you know who was played by i think kiki palmer from the popular spelling b movie of, akila the b you know, back in the days yeah akila and it was a spelling b movie <laughs> <That's what> <laughs> <laughs> so the issue here now is that she had this client that i think in fact i'm still trying to make sense of that scene sometimes did that man jump off from the ceiling of his house trying to jump into the swimming pool and he wanted to do superman he thought he could fly <laughs> so the issue is that he takes this, this this medication and he wants to fly off or something like that i think anybody watching that movie may get their own interpretation from it and he lands somewhere before the pool all drugged up and everything and you know panic is there and then um um destiny now comes and tries to take him to the hospital and in fact the girl even bails on them when they get to the ed the emergency room so mm -hmm. this business starts falling apart but the movie actually intermittently would introduce certain characters some of their clients that they were actually robbing and you find that destiny goes back to school she meets this particular guy. I think his name is Dog or so. His name is, given name is Dog. You know, some of these movies, they change their names. So the issue is he gives, he starts taking a liking and they're having a relationship and they are talking. I think she starts liking him. Mm -hmm. I was trying to start feeling for him in a certain way. So this particular guy, they were talking about their children. You know, she had a break where she had a child and then he had children. I had this kind of a wife that was supposed to be divorced or fiancé. There was a whole lot of things going on, but they were able to talk about it. So they had a personal relationship. But then this guy was hit. And he, I mean, one of, I think he was the one that was actually, the, was it the architect that was fired from his job because 
of this whole credit card thing that they found out is Joe Fan and fired his personal life. Then this other guy couldn't pay his mortgage. He was standing the risk of being homeless. I don't know. And then they find where they call these girls and start begging them. And Ramona, being the main person, would you know go and tell them, look, it boils down to this. I mean, you spent all this money because you just wanted to have a little bit of fun. Did you forget? <laughs> I mean, did you forget just now? I mean, <laughs> you forgot. You, you, I mean, you enjoyed it. Or what do you want to do? Do you just want to go tell your wife? You want to tell your wife? <laughs> about, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole thing. Uh, they focus on married men a lot because of that. That, was that one is of why, the, you that, know, in the business model. strong point. Yeah, she said, always watch out for the ring. I remember that. That's, yeah. Always make sure the man has a ring, meaning he's married, so that when you take his money, he cannot make noise about it because Madame does not want to know that <laughs> you went and swiped credit card. I mean, you were all up in a strip joint. <laughs> I wanted the force. <laughs> you're, oh, you're spending all this money on strip. Look. You are gone. On women. What so, do they you... have that I don't have? <laughs> Who's, how is Junior going to go to college now? Imagine. So do you want to spend all that money? So the issue now is that I think that was a principal part of their business. Money. That was why I think Ramon yeah. told them that. Always look out for the ring. A single guy will fight you for that money. Single guy. He <laughs> goes to police. He doesn't Don't care. Don't come to your house. I'll knock on your door. He will knock on your door. Call boys. <laughs> yeah. So What's that Rihanna song that, that says, I'm paraphrasing Rihanna, please, for those who like to censor people. Bitch, better have my money. <laughs> <laughs> you were. Anyway. The thing here, okay, it was their business model, though. And yeah, it was. Very, I think it was watertight. But unfortunately, it appears that they bumped into people who, man, look, you're trying to take me for everything I have. I don't have money anymore. The very thing that makes me a man is gone. The very sense of me is gone. My wife is still going to probably leave me because I don't have money anymore. So I might as well go to the cops. So what's the next thing you remember? Waking up in the hotel, and then there was a message left by American Express. They said there was excessive charges on your credit card. It was close to $100,000 on a place called Robert's Steakhouse. Can you please call us? And we find a situation where they are calling the cops. The cops don't even... <laughs> but who will take you seriously? Who will take you seriously? I mean, you should have thought of that before you went to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> You did for some titties, now you're broke. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I can't forget this scene where he calls the police guy is trying to enjoy his hamburger in peace. <laughs> and he, calls, he picks up the phone and says, Hello, I, 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 I'm, I'm coming from a strip I'm calling from a strip club. Somebody robbed me for my money. The guy just hung up the phone. He jumps the phone. You can see this look of this guy is not serious. Come right? on, seriously. Hey, please, I'm looking for a real. Homicide cases, people to be calling. The guy calls again, and then he now said he was drugged, and I think that's what got the attention. And then we see where Jessica Pressler also is getting these um, information that she used for this article from police officers to giving their own side of the story, telling exactly how this thing went down. And um, you find that at the end of the day, you know, anything drug. Once you say drug to police officers, then they know, okay, this is something we need to pay attention. And I think that is basically what got the attention. So yeah. the only thing we see in this movie is that the architect went and reported because he was he lost his job anyway. The very money in his bank account, the very essence that would have made him a man was lost. And then the other one that was going to lose his mortgage, he couldn't, that was the card he was in. This guy was using a card that he uses to pay his mortgage on strippers. <laughs> Imagine. Not, yeah, I mean, not fact, against what anybody does with their <laughs> time, but <laughs> bros. <laughs> so he, he, he now, you know, he uses this thing. He should have read his Bible instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prayed very well, maybe. 
<laughs> Pray for a solution. And then carried his money to go and look at some woman. We'll go and and now he's broke. And, he's and now he's crying. <laughs> no, you know, the, the thing is that, you see, it's just that we live in civil society and, well, the strip club is not illegal because if you thought it was a mm -hmm. problem, maybe you should have made it illegal so nobody will go there. But the same way you say cigarette smoking is dangerous to people's health, you go and smoke. You cannot sue the cigarette company. That is the issue because you took your hand to go and smoke it. But because I feel like if they were just having regular alcohol and these women were able to get this, yeah. maybe there wouldn't have been problems mm -hmm. because alcohol is legal. Alcohol is legal, yeah. Yeah, but the difference here was the drugs. But the same thing about saying alcohol is legal, it's a lot of um, rape cases are based on the fact that a guy got the lady drunk, even without drugs involved, and now had sex with her. But because she was drunk and she couldn't give proper consent, she was raped. Even with just alcohol, the fact that those guys didn't want to spend that money, because most of the time, the money wasn't spent on anything. The cars were just boxed out. Yes. It would have still been a problem, but it wouldn't have gotten the police interest. The thing is, even in the case of a woman, it now goes down mm -hmm. for the prosecutor, the defendant to prove. He said, she said. Did she drink the alcohol willingly or not? When yeah. There's the blood level and all they are seeing is alcohol. Then there's going to be this debate about, did she take the alcohol willingly? Did they force it down your throat? Did they tie your hand and pour the alcohol down? Yeah. But then, Did you go to the lions? Once they take your tox, your toxicology, and mm -hmm. they see methamphetamine in there, and MDMA and ketamine in there, then they will cry foul. This is where the, mm -hmm. I think this is the main, because yeah. how did the medication get? Because that very element in that alcohol is the illegal element here. But when you say, yeah. I drank a lot of alcohol, did you drink the alcohol by force or did they tie your hand? <laughs> because these men, we, we find out in this movie that these men, there were some of them that could say, no, I'm not going to drink this alcohol. We saw there was mm -hmm. a two seconds seeing this nerdy guy in his, you know, tie and waistcoat yeah. and geeky glasses. He says, look, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta go home. And he just walks away. <laughs> so the issue here is that you have free will to walk away. Away, you mm -hmm. have it is there, but when you make the choice to go ahead, the cheat mode in this thing is actually the drug. So, the issue now is that they are maxing these guys out, they are stealing their money, and then they cry foul. And as unbelievable as this thing may be, for the cops, you know, in America, before they do anything, they have to have hard evidence. And one of the ways they try to have hard evidence for anything is they have to undergo something, I think they call it sting operation, where they would huh? have to, you know, set up a scene undercover. Somebody will go undercover as an FBI officer, and then they, you know, find out exactly what happened, and then they literally catch you. And mm -hmm. they had to go through one of their bad employees. Like I said earlier, that one of the mistakes they made <laughs> is... Is that I get recruiting people trying to call it all sorts of people, all sorts of people. Some of them drug one, like the lady in particular that now was the one going to wear the wire. I'll just use that mm -hmm. in quotes, like you know, for them, was the one who was actually, you know, she was a druggie already. She had multiple cases yeah. with the law. And if you know, these multiple girls were not drinking with those men, they were never drinking yeah. with those men. They would literally, you know, the camera would show you where they pour the way they drink. They wanted to make sure the men were the one drinking, but they were not mm -hmm. drinking. So we'll just take a short break and we'll be right back. It was a good scam that worked, yes, because a lot of them had wives and high power positions. They didn't want any problems. They just wanted to pay the bill and move on. This movie being made, I think one of the central themes of this um, movie and the article as written by Jessica Pressler in um, the New York magazine is actually to throw on a light and let unsuspecting people be aware that you can literally lose your livelihood doing certain things. And, you know, one of the things I find interesting is that, you see, this movie is a, a new movie. And I worry that sometimes, you know, some things that have been happening in Western civilization, sometimes 
um, in Africa and Nigeria, we tend to start adopting it late as information comes out and yeah. unsuspecting people are not aware. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know, GSM came late to Nigeria. Everything comes late. Everything. So this may not be happening now. But you see, there is information out there to show that it can happen. Now, accessibility to drugs, I know, is an issue. But what are some of the ways can somebody mitigate against this kind of thing? A huge problem is the first, most of the guys that were, you know, got as customers that were getting drugs were loan loan drinkers, people that just wanted to have a good time, probably didn't know what to do or who to do it with. So they went to bars by themselves. And being that there were men, I mean, some of them were men looking for a good time, they ended up being uh, deceived by women who had a plan, you know. For a lot of men, women are like kryptonites. But anyway, so I advise people to, when they're going out, especially for men, Try to go out with people you know, people you trust, maybe your colleagues, our office or stuff. In that way, you guys sort of control the environment. Because yeah. what happened to these guys was that the women were in control of the environment. You know, a woman will be touching his face and turn his face while they do the things or while they spike his drink. And also, talking about spiking your drink, always be aware, if you go somewhere and you're drinking out from a glass, always be sure to have it covered if you are not in possession of the glass at the time, always cover it. If you can't always cover it, always empty your contents before you turn your eyes away from the glass, basically. Before you go to a, for a bathroom break or before, you know, you turn around to have a conversation or you stand up to go get something or say hi to someone, try and make sure your glass is empty, especially if you're taking shots. It's easier to empty shots. If you're drinking beer in a big glass, well, I think till you finish that glass, don't go anywhere. If you have to go somewhere and come back, you can have your glass changed. You know, signal a waiter, have your glass changed. I know in some places like, you know, America and other places, you may have to tip extra to have all that kind of service. But if you're in Nigeria, uh, you know, you have to do it. Just signal the waiter, please help me change this glass. Never, ever leave your drink exposed. Never. Avoid going out without people you absolutely trust. Yes, I know a lot of times people are raped or robbed by people that they trust, but you know, you get the general gist. It's safer to go out with people you trust. Never leave your drink exposed. Those are the two basic things. The rest is just, you know, well. Me, I know that, I know that (laughs) a, a most guys that I, I have been with guys who, I, it's not a cultural thing. They they even want to go to the bathroom. They will carry they their they carry their yep. drink with them. And you see, it has nothing to do with because there are some parts of the world you may live in, and some people will say, "What? What is that? Why is this guy doing this thing?" But look, man, it's different in different places. But I know people yeah. who look. If you want to be angry, you're angry for yourself. If you don't want to drink with me again, no problem. You can be going, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. <laughs> He will take his drink to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Now, one of I the think things... basically the, the 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 things that women do when they say they want to powder their nose, mm. it needs to be extended into the time they spend drinking that drink. I think this warning too should also go to to women too. Oh, not a man oh, thing. Oh, most definitely ways. because the 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 the, ch- the opportunity for a guy to drug you too is when you leave. It's higher your drink unless of course you know that you've already given consent to do what you want to do and maybe you're hanging out you're having a nice time but you just want to make sure that you are doing it with your full head intact like um you know somebody who is doing advanced free fraud uh, fee fraud and you know some crime international money fraud and all that they will give justifications and say oh no we have to take money from these people because they put us in slavery and all of that now i see a scene where I mean, when she said the world is a stage, people are always mm-hmm. giving out money and then people are, others are dancing. She blames mm-hmm. the Wall Street guys. They are the ones that put us in this financial crisis because of their greed, because they are the ones that messed up this whole situation in the first place. So I think I have no conscience and I don't really care. Let's take their bleeping money. So the issue here now is that the world is a stage. Some people share money. Others dance. Is it an eat or be eaten phenomena? Is it Darwinism? I Do you want to be 
a tour of money or do you want to be a dancer on the stage? One part I'm sure of is I don't want to be the dancer. (laughs) But since you're researching about it, maybe... (laughs) 200K tax-free. Whoa! Oh, man, that was... I think it's a good movie to watch. It's entertaining. The only thing about this movie is that it's entertaining. For adults, please. It's for adults. Please don't watch in front of your children. And um, I guess... You can't watch this movie after watching Akira Dibu. No, it's not the same Akila that was there. In case you missed her too yeah. much, I want to see her again. Yeah. Oh, that's that's Kiki Palmer. Let me watch a movie. In this movie, <laughs> she's stupid. It's not. <laughs> Akila's grown. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Real Talk Extra. That's R E L Talk Extra. Do us a solid and follow us everywhere that you listen to your podcast. We love feedback. So you can send us an email at podcast at realtalkextra.com or you can send us a WhatsApp message and the number is plus one nine one nine two eight three six four four eight. That's WhatsApp only. Thanks once again for spending this time with us and we will see you at the next reel.